Hello and welcome to Greedo Shot First. My name is Benjamin Light. And my name is Marco Sparks. And we're back. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you only listen to this podcast and none of our other podcasts, apologies. It probably seems like we like just stopped talking about Star Wars. You might have thought that we like hated The Last Jedi or something. No, we were just, uh, we've been talking about it on our other podcast, Headcanon. We did a, some consolidation there, but sometimes we just need to really nerd out about Star Wars and there's really no place else to do besides this podcast. Um, if you're interested in our thoughts on The Last Jedi, you can go find Headcanon, the podcast, and find our review there. We liked it. Uh, sorry to disappoint anyone. Love- thought we hated it or something. Hot take. We love the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Big fans. Con- controversial opinion. Maybe it's inching. I could see a universe where that is my favorite Star Wars movie. I got a number two. I mean, and okay. I, I don't know. I, it's a really interesting movie to me that rewards multiple viewings and kind of just like ponderings, you know, like there's a lot to pick apart in it. It's not perfect. Mm-hmm. There are certain little flaws here and there, but what I find interesting is even the flaws, you can kind of see, you can see the decisions behind it and you can see that like, well, they had to make a choice and do this or do that. And like, I couldn't really think of a way to really improve much of the movie that wouldn't require like another 20 minutes of screen time, you know, like, like mm-hmm. I think what I've really come away from with it is that this is maybe the first Star Wars movie that has like three full character plots in it. In addition to like the empire interludes or, you know, first order interludes. Like you don't mm-hmm. really get that in other Star Wars movie. And it's just, it's really big and long because of it. Like you've got a full Poe arc and a full Ray arc um, and a full Finn arc. And then you've got also like Luke kind of squeezing in with his own arc too. There's just, it's just a big, big meaty seven course meal. I, there's whatever the hell we've actually talked about on Greedo Shop first. And then there's kind of the way I remember our conversations in the past. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that since a lot of it was just kind of like pondering what the fuck this new Star Wars would look like. Um, I think we were pretty universally on the side of like, it's got to honor the past, but it's really, really got to set you up for the future mm-hmm. and step away from that past stuff. And that is that is Last Jedi in space. Yeah, I I did not have a problem with Luke's characterization. Um, I enjoyed it. I've read all the legacy books. I've I've seen the the flawless like God version of Luke. He's kind of boring, so I, I really <laughs> liked what they did with this character. Um, and I really really loved all of the new characters. All of the new characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like the only change I could even think of is like a minor change to the movie. I kind of wish at the beginning when like Poe's messing around with Hux. That we saw it from Poe's side instead of Hux's side. I think the comedy would have worked better that way. But other than that, like any mm-hmm. any change would require like, well, you're going to need a few more scenes for this or that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we liked the Last Jedi. The internet, a loud vocal minority of which does not. Uh, it's kind of made being a Star Wars fan not very fun. Uh, probably mm-hmm. a big part of the reason we're doing this podcast right now as the Star Wars podcast who hates Star Wars fans just to talk about that um, because it's <laughs> yeah it, I don't know there there are pockets where you can have interesting conversations and there's some good podcasts out there who aren't just mm-hmm. completely butthurt about everything but man it uh... <laughs> can, I, can I just interject real quick to mm-hmm. say because I think we would have not mentioned it for like another hour if I didn't mm-hmm. we also talked about Solo <laughs> on our other podcast oh sure yeah a movie which I've almost totally forgotten about. Lukewarm is the 
you know, charitably positive is the best thing I can say about that movie. I, I, I don't think it was particularly good. I was mildly entertained. Better than a Rogue One. That's that's. I don't know if that's saying a lot or saying very little, but better than Rogue One. Thank fuck. Well, before we get into how incredibly awful Star Wars fans, or at least some Star Wars fans are, should we talk about the, kind of the fallout from Solo? Because I think when we did our Solo review on Headcanon, the box office numbers hadn't fully come out yet. We did it on like a Saturday night, um, yeah. the weekend of release. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't you break that down for us? I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it's fair to say like certified bomb. Like it, mm. it's floppy and it's not, it's not like a movie, like say like, um, I don't know, like ready player one. It's like, eh, it's going to make its budget back. It's fine. It, it wasn't a huge hit, but you know, it's, it's going to earn enough money overseas, blah, 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 whatever. Like, no, this movie might end up doing less than 300 domestic. Um, and like, it's really struggling uh, foreign markets, which like all Star Wars movies kind of do. Like it's for whatever reason, Star Wars is not as popular in the rest of the world as say like Marvel movies are. I mean, could just be a cultural thing. Like some countries like China just never got Star Wars back in the day originally. Like so, it's it's not the big deal it is in America. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Solo especially is just like not doing very well in foreign markets. I am kind of surprised by this. I got to be honest with you. I'm maybe a little surprised, but then when I think about it, I'm like, no, this all actually all kind of makes sense. And like, maybe I was just being too optimistic about the buzz. Um, I mean, one of the side effects of the fandom being completely horrible now is that like, they're just eager to look for anything to like blame the last Jedi for. So of course, like now among the partisans, like, well, this is all the last Jedi's fault. Of course, like, they turned off a bunch of people who boycotted Star Wars, and that's why it didn't do well. I really don't think it has much of anything to do with that, other than like a tiny, tiny handful of people. No, but I figured those people, these people that I that I don't recognize, that I don't, they don't like me. I don't see them as like Star Wars fans in the same way that I am, which is fine. Are the people who like what they're showing up for, what their heart of hearts wants, is the Rogue Ones and the Solos. Whereas like, I'm, I'm much more about the Finn and the Poe and the uh, uh, Ray situation. So it's the storytelling versus world building. That's that is yeah. my my theory, and I feel like it's panning out. But just out. like the people, there's the people who will show up for like just the you let the past die, the the forward thinking, gorgeous, lush majesty of like that throne room scene of with Ray and Kylo Ren and Snoke, and then there's the people who like. All they fucking want is the boner that comes from watching Darth Vader just rip the shit out of a bunch of dudes with his red lightsaber. You know, to to put it uncharitably, charitably, they just want to play with their action figures. I really think it boils down to that. They they have a sandbox that they're familiar with, and they're not as interested in new stories as much as like we're going to go explain this or that, and we're going to see what this is that was only mentioned briefly or that. Um, I think. Solo and Rogue One are interesting counterexamples of like the best case scenario, at least box office wise, and the in the worst case scenario. Because like mm-hmm. Rogue One, it was the first spinoff of its kind. It came out and Christmas time, you know, had a full year to market behind it. It was still like this really special thing, like, oh, it's Star Wars, it's Christmas, like The Force Awakens is the biggest domestic movie of all time. You know, it's like writing extremely high. Everyone is in the mood for a new Star Wars movie. Politically, the world is going to shit. It was just like everything was set up for that movie to do well. Um, whereas mm-hmm. with solo, it's had bad buzz pretty much from the, be- the inception, right? Like there's a certain amount of people who are just like, I don't want this. I don't want Han Solo recast. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then they didn't even start marketing the movie till like February because they, you know, wanted to let the last Jedi have its thing before they got to solo. Um, the, the fire directors, it's like more bad buzz or rumors about Alden Ehrenreich, like need an acting coach. Like it was just a lot of like, just a lot of like downer kind of like anti hype about the movie. The trailers weren't that compelling. There was a very quick marketing ramp up. And I guess part of it was that like, because they had to spend more money on the movie, they didn't spend as much on marketing, especially in foreign mm-hmm. markets. Um, so there wasn't that huge deluge of like hype and, it came out, I think the reviews embargo would drop like a week or two earlier than it normally would. And the reviews were just kind of like middling. Like there was mm-hmm. just never a feeling of like, oh my God, you have to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of like hardcore Star Wars fans are like, this is the best Star Wars movie. And it's like, you might think that, but like the general public, like it's just kind of like a shrug. It's just sort of mm-hmm. like, eh, Star Wars. And it's so like when you take all that into account, it's like, oh, no wonder it didn't do very well. Can, can we can we be real? Like, uh, it's blown out of portion. It's not totally true, but like, this actor needs an acting coach. Is <laughs> like that's a shitty rumor. <laughs> like that sucks to have that attached to your legacy. I do wonder, like, who who's behind that? You know, like, because I don't um, think Lucasfilm would be behind that. I, that doesn't sound like something they would want to get out. So I don't know. So. Disgruntled people on the set. Um, I don't know. Maybe like maybe just around. maybe just somebody's agent who's like thinks they know more than they do and is like looking to uh, put the word out or I don't know a, a rival studio or something or other. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's funny. I, I went back and listened to our episode. I think it's like episode thirteen or fourteen that we did like way the hell back when, like probably five years ago almost now. And wow. like we're talking about the spinoff movies and how like. We're like, I don't know, this, this seems weird. Like, how, it doesn't seem like this would work the same way it would for, like, um, like Marvel movies, you know, because the the chronology problem of it, you know, it's like, like, I think at one point we were like, well, what if they, because this is before they even announced, like, casting or anything. We were like, what if they mm-hmm. just recast the main, the main big three and the episode seven took place, like, five years after uh, Return of the Jedi or something like that. And, like, then, like, spinoff movies would make sense because it'd be, like, a Marvel mm-hmm. thing where they'd all tie into each other and that mm-hmm. didn't happen. And we've been talking for like several years now about how this seemed like a weird strategy that maybe wouldn't work. And I feel like we just saw the worst case scenario with solo, at least box office wise, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the strategy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's hard to say because when you watch solo, you don't know, you don't really know so far what is lord miller and what is what is ron howard i mean we've heard the percentages the rumored percentages but you don't really know and so like you said with when you're trying to put out that fire like all the strategies that that would come from that are just so skewed and tainted and all all the decisions just seem mostly very flawed to me like again I don't think that we're, I think we're way past spoiler territory if you're listening to this. Sure. But, uh, spoiler warning. Mall. <laughs> yeah. Darth Maul. Like it just. That doesn't, doesn't feel like. Any sense. That doesn't feel like Samuel L. Jackson showing up at the end of Iron Man. It feels completely random. Um, and I, I want to say I've read somewhere that the Han Solo movie was even in development before the sale to Disney. Mm-hmm. And so this but is. The mall thing was a very, very last minute. Apparently. Yeah. The mall thing was very last minute. It sounded like they just, and, and it, 
it's kind of speaks to the way that they've been planning these that they had like a short list of like potential people it could be and Maul was one of them. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even like they were really building towards anything, you know, it's like we want a big surprise. We're not sure exactly what yet. Um, but I, like I said, I, I think this was in development before it was even sold to Disney. Like this yeah. was like part of the package. And so this movie's kind of just been hanging around, in my opinion, kind of like an albatross the whole time. Like, oh, we could do a young Han Solo movie. Like that's the kind of thing you would pitch to Disney when you're selling it. But like it's not actually a good idea. And you're hoping the, the your buyer doesn't really notice. You know, it's like it. It sounds intriguing in principle. Oh, yeah, you could do spinoffs of all these popular characters. But then in actuality, it's I just don't think it works personally. Um, like, why not? Especially Young not at the budget. Especially not the budgets they're doing. Yeah, Young Holt and Solo, the cartoon would be a lot of fun. But I could maybe see because, I mean, supposedly they're doing Obi-Wan and Boba Fett movies now. Like, James Mangold, I really like as a director. He's doing Boba Fett. And I'm just like, eh, I don't know about that. Like, Logan was good. I. I don't really know what you do with Boba Fett to make it interesting. Unless it's like just so completely separate from everything else that like you just it's like a movie that could take place at in any time period, you know. I I don't give a fucking shit about Boba Fett, but like here's I don't know why I have just this feeling that we're going to hear something some point about the casting of Boba Fett that will be something other than Tamara Morrison. Some something other than a Maori actor is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but like, I can't think of a reason why you wouldn't bring that guy back if you're doing the role. But yes, well, I I can give you the Hollywood reason, which is who the fuck is Tamira Morrison? You know, yeah. Um, It's not a fair reason, and it's not a good reason, but that's that's how Hollywood operates. Um, And I just think, like, they spent like supposedly between two hundred fifty and three million dollars on Solo, which is way too much. Like these movies should maybe have a budget of like a hundred million. Like these, these, these should be minor movies because they. I don't think they have the mass audience appeal. Like, like Rogue One, I think is a little bit of an outlier in that regard. If you're doing like the Obi Wan movie, the Boba Fett movie, you're probably not going to get as bad a number as Solo is getting, but not that much better. I don't think. Like, you shouldn't be spending as much money as they are on these. And then at a certain point, it's like, is it really good for your Star Wars brand if? the movies you're putting out are just these kind of like minor tossed off things that are only there for the hardcore fans. I don't know. I mean, it, it works for Marvel cause it all ties together, but well, Star Wars, the, <laughs> these spinoffs don't really tie into anything. Here's my concern too, about the star Wars story group and, and just the state of star Wars going forward is that, I mean, you, you remember like phase one of Marvel, there were some real birth pains. Like they had some, they had some real shit there and, and oh, I mean, incredible. Like, Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they had some shitty creative talent behind the scenes, like higher level, mm-hmm. that they had to kind of shake loose to really well, get somewhere. And like you know when they John got somewhere? Favreau, like Zach Penn. John Favreau like, wasn't the picking... problem. But but still, why are you picking up these cast offs? But you know what the problem was at the beginning of the Marvel thing that they didn't jettison to like the towards the end of phase two was that they had a lot of clashes with, I can't remember what they called it, but it was essentially the Marvel story group. It was like mm-hmm. this this team from Marvel that was like, coordinating both the TV and the movie stuff and it's like stepping on the filmmakers toes. And it was like they, a lot of people like wanted to quit when the contracts ended, like, like Chris Evans talking about getting out of there. And they finally Kevin Feige, like staged a power coup basically. And like, like broke free from the story group thing that, that all got dissolved. And then suddenly you're getting movies like 
Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther and Spider-Man, like just like way more creative and interesting movies. Was that story group like, uh, was that a a Perlmutter thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perlmutter's involved in that, which obviously Perlmutter, a much worse power play, right? Yeah. Much worse person at the top to have than Kathleen Kennedy, who I think has been very unfairly maligned throughout this whole thing. But still, I, I, I don't think their story group strategy is really a good idea. At least the whole, the whole everything is canon thing. Like, I just I don't think it works very well. I, I feel like it hasn't produced interesting outcomes for the movies or for the other material that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like this Star Wars Resistance show that's they're making. Like, I would enjoy that more if they were just like, look. It's kind of canon. It may not match up exactly. Don't worry about it. You know, like, okay, fine. Go, go have fun. Do your cartoon the way you want to do it. And don't worry that it's going to conflict with some comic that came out two years ago. You know, you know, so it's funny. Like, so during that, that dark time of in between, uh, you know, Return of the Jedi had basically come and gone like when I was very, very young. And then I grew up in a, I grew up for a period of 10 years where I thought well, we'll never see another Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. It'll be talked about forever. It'll be it's the Chinese democracy or whatever. <laughs> um and I had my books. And I was a kid who grew up with reading some Star Wars books because I remember the Timothy Zahn books was kind of like they were official licensed books because guess what? A subtext, you're never going to get another movie kid, so mm-hmm. really soak this up. It's like this but is this is your sequel like, trilogy basically, yeah. Yeah, exactly. This was this was like that's kind of how it was touted. They didn't really want to say episodes, but this was kind of like your next official thing. Um, but I also grew up like really reading like Star Trek novels because I was a huge Trekkie as a kid. And what I loved about those, and feel free someone to, to correct me if you think you're right and I'm wrong, but like they never pretended like these were canon in Star Trek books. Like these are just to be meant to be fun, interesting yarns set in this world of characters that you like. We're not reinventing the wheel. This isn't something where you get to freak out because, like, it's contradicted, like, you know, a season later on the show. And I kind of really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Well, I do think there is a certain vibe. And I would I don't know that I would necessarily necessarily say Lucasfilm is like embraces completely. But in those old canon books, it was really like this is for the real nerds out there, like the real Star Wars heads who just like want more of this, we're going to, we're going to go have some fun and turn out more stuff. Some of it's going to be terrible, you know, but like, this is for you guys. Whereas now it kind of feels more like, like by making everything canon, canon, there's an implicit statement. That's like, you need to, you need to keep up with all this now, you know? Whereas like, I didn't feel like before it was like, Oh, if I didn't read that book, it looks like shit. I'm not going to miss anything where now it's like, Oh, well, you wondered how Darth Maul came back? I guess you didn't watch the fucking cartoon, you idiot. You know, like, yeah. like it feels like this is all a requirement now. It starts to feel like homework after all. It's like, oh, God, do I need to go read this fucking, like, Solo spinoff book before I see Solo? Or is it not going to make sense? You know, or, like, it shouldn't feel, it should feel fun and, like, like extra stuff for if, if you really want it and not start to feel like you need it to enjoy what you're getting on screen. But it is. At the same time, to me, that's a hard pitch for a company to sell you on the backs of just chucking 20 years or mm-hmm. more of canon. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, and I think that's... Like, all of that all of that shit, you know, we want you. We want something you can really invest your time in and, like, your heart and soul. We're also going to throw away, like, the 30-plus years that you, like, neckbeards have really been, like, like, coming over. It was mostly bad. <laughs> I don't know why people are so upset. Like, 
Yeah, but but still, I'm, I feel like from what I'm hearing from you, from the internet, from other people, it's not like some of these new books are, are like amazing. No. Or like worth fighting. The, the only ones I've found that are really worth a damn are the Claudia Gray ones. Um, and they're 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 of a much different tone, um, which is fine, but they're a much different tone than say like the old like Timothy Zahn, like Michael Stackpole ones. Um, I've yet to read one that I was like, other than the Claudia Gray ones, where I was like, oh, I'm glad I read this. Like I, don't, I haven't made it through most of the other ones to be honest. Like I like got halfway through like the Rogue One spinoff one, and I just bored after a while. Mm-hmm. She did like delay a book. She she's done um a book called lost stars which was um i guess you'd say is a little is that for- the one about the couple so like it's the, one it, of the resistance one of them was first order it's like they grow up together on this planet that's like ruled by the empire and they both got to the academy and one guy eventually rebels and the other one the, the girl doesn't i mean it's a little rom- not really romantic really because it's not different families but you know there's a uh, there's some romantic tension there because of that there's a little bit of a forest gumpy vibe because they're just like around for lots of shit that goes down you know um, but it was good. It was entertaining. Um, and then she also did Bloodlines, which is it's like oh, so it's it's Empire and, and Re- Rebellion. I was thinking yeah. it was like newer stuff. OK, no, it's like the, it's like they both were like right there around the time when like the first Death Star blew up. And like I think she was there at the Jakku battle like a year after Endor. Um, but Bloodlines is about six years before Force Awakens, I think. And it's kind of like mostly dealing with like Leia and like political stuff. I mean, and then she did the Young Leia book, which was fun. That's the one of like where we got our first glimpse at like Holdo. That's the one with Admiral Holdo. Holdo, yeah. And it, and I, I don't think it'd be unfair to say that like my whole perception of the Holdo character is altered by reading that book first because I, I was not expecting Holdo to ever betray people, which I think you might have gotten the vibe of if you hadn't read the book. Like it was clear to me from reading the book that Admiral Holdo and Leia were like BFS from way back when there was not going to be like a traitor situation or you mm-hmm. might've thought that if you were just watching the movie. So one problem I have with some other stuff is, you know, again, it's the, the, the prequel nature of these spinoff movies, but like to invest five years in that rebels cartoon, which doesn't look interesting to me. Like there, to me, there's, there's like a very short marketing window centered around Force Awakens and I guess somewhat extended by having Rogue One where you get to do all of this kind of in between the two trilogies mining of stories. But like that window hit, it, it was closing. Like to do five years of a cartoon that never seemed that exceptional to me. Oh, and that, that show is pretty much what turned me off of this whole new everything is canon idea because like originally it was like oh shit stars is back the force awakens coming out i better watch this show there might be stuff that connects with it everything's canon now and like two and a half seasons in i was like this is fucking bullshit why am i watching this it has nothing to do with the force awakens or the last jedi you know like they Mm -hmm. they like really like forced in like saga era into the rogue one to like pretend that it linked up to rebels somehow and it really didn't um it was just like this is this is just a separate show and it's it's a show for kids and I don't enjoy it. Like, why am I watching this? And it's because, you know, I've been kind of told by the marketing this is important. You need to you need to keep up on this. And it's like you really don't. Like if you're into it, that's cool, but this isn't really some grand master tapestry of storytelling. Like that's not what the story group is doing. 
they're not telling like this like mega epic or anything like that. They're really just there to like make sure nothing butts up against each other too much. Well, like in, it, it's giving way too much real estate in one of the most prestigious, you know, places to buy a house or to build a build an empire to this Dave Filoni guy. Well, I mean, at, at the end I of mean, the day, he's he's responsible for his, his stuff, right? Yeah, Rebels and Clone Wars, it's it's all his his deal. And at the end of the day, he's been responsible, like running time wise for like way, way, way more, like maybe like seven or eight times as much screen time canon supposed material as the movies are and it's like do we want this guy wagging the dog i I personally don't and i i don't think it's good i don't think it's a good policy in general to have these kind of offshoot tv shows establishing so much of the quote-unquote world building you know because then it's either your movie's going to contradict it or be hemmed in by it Mm -hmm. but i don't know that isn't an old rant with me. I'm sure anyone who's listened to this podcast before is familiar with it. Shall we talk about Kelly Marie Tran? Yes, we should start singing her praises and never ever stop. An angel and a delight. Um, the the shitheads of the internet. Um, I don't know. She's just been abusing her for months. I mean, go to go to any Star Wars subreddit. And just like click any link. And before long, the conversation is going to turn into how much people hate The Last Jedi. And in particular, you're going to see her and Admiral Holdo get called out or how much they hate the characters. And it's always a very gendered criticism. You know, it's always just like really, it gets really, really ugly in the the stuff that they're saying, especially about Kelly Marie Tran. And uh, they're just horrible people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know, I think um, one of the uh, ladies from Scavengers Horde was tweeting like i was not even aware about this but there's like a whole like in the in the tumblr world of things they hate the rose character and kelly marie tran for like whole different reasons than like the maga red hat crowd you know because it's like she's like i don't know her relationship with fan like messes up her shipping basically finn messes up her shipping so there's like multiple Mm -hmm. avenues of hatred directed at her who seems like a delightful person i enjoyed her character in the movie and i feel like like I've seen her compared to Jar Jar so many times in message oh, threads. God. And it's just like, what fucking movie did you watch? I just, I want a picture of Ahmed best and like Kelly Mutran, like just hugging each other, <laughs> giving the camera the middle Damn. finger. Yeah. <laughs> it gets better. Um, yeah. Like uh, you have, you bring up a good point there. Cause it's, it's all in these like trenches of the internet. How did Sorkin put it? Like the pajama people and like the midnight <laughs> nut brigade of the internet. Like there's some kind of like fucking like Godwin's law now. <laughs> like oh, Godwin's law is dead. Time. Unfortunately with the, yeah. <laughs> with the rise of Trump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too is rogue one. You had a weird thing where people were like, Oh, this movie is so anti-Trump. And it's like, who are you siding with here? <laughs> are you siding with the well, you know, there, is where you want to there be? There is a whole subreddit. Uh, it's like our empire did nothing wrong. And it's like supposed to be a joke. But at a certain point, it's like you're really in love with fascism, aren't you? Like members of the subreddit. Like, I don't know. I, I look askance at people who are like in the lead singing the praises of the empire. There's a there's a little too much connection between the very loud voices of the right uh internationally and and fascism i saw something where farage 
where he took photos with like vets, you know, from World War II. And then now he's going to go appear at some far right rally that's basically being funded by the granddaughter of one of like Hitler's officers. So it's like, yeah. come on. Um, but yeah, the people who were like, you know, and then Ryan Johnson was right to point this out this disingenuous bullshit of like, you know, there's criticism of a movie, but you fuckers know what you're doing and like basing your attacks and, and pure sexism and racism. Mm-hmm. You're all trash and it's fucking trash day. I mean, and the internet doesn't need you. Neither of us were fans of Rogue One. Uh, we were both happy that Colin Trevorrow was not retained for episode nine. We're not like blowing that guy up on Twitter every day, like attacking his ancestry and his looks and like just going on and on and on. Like the the amount of fucking vitriol. Like it's it's one thing if you'd be like, oh, I didn't like that. You know, I didn't like this movie. Here are my reasons why. It's another thing to just like just the endless vitriol and abuse uh, that mm-hmm. people have been spraying out. I mean, it's everywhere. Like I'm pretty sure you could do some sort of like six degrees of YouTube thing where you just type Star Wars into YouTube. And in six clicks, you'll get to like, like fucking like alt right, you know, recruiting videos or something. Like it's very, very easy to get to the crazy fringes of the internet just by like starting off with the Star Wars video because you're gonna get like Kathleen Kennedy hatred, and then it's just like SJWs are ruining Star Wars, and then it's just you're right into like insane, radicalized, uh, you know, right wing assholes. Hmm. And yes, disclaimer, I know not everyone who didn't like The Last Jedi is a racist, sexist, misogynist, but uh, I think a lot of people should maybe examine where some of their opinions are coming from, because you you kind of see it between the lines sometimes. Write down, just for yourself, don't share with anyone, because it's probably stupid anyway, write down your chief complaints with, you know, Last Jedi and and characters you wanted to diss, and then write down, because you probably hated Obama. And write down your your dislikes of Obama and kind of like see how much of that same disgusting like language is is there and where that's really coming from. Well, and you know even if you if you have if you can say that it's solely based on plot elements or this or whatever, I still better hear your fucking voice like attacking the bullies of Kelly Marie, Marie Tran and others and like even Daisy Ridley who like. Oh, they drove her off the internet like a year and a half ago. Yeah, two years ago she left the Instagram because she's like I don't have time for this toxic nightmare. And they, they drove her off because, uh, like, another mass shooting happened and she, like, dared to, like, post concerns about gun violence. Yeah. 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 Oh, and, and just look. Like, look at America now and, like, the fucking Kent State gun girl and her, like, wanting to arm wrestle David Hogg and people are championing her. Like, that's an okay thing to do. I, I just <sighs> hope that Kelly Marie Tran has a major role in episode nine. Uh, fuck the haters. Um, I found her character to I be want. a I lot of fun. Lightsaber. <laughs> oh man, I want her to be the secret, turn yeah. rage to the secret saviors of the goddamn mm-hmm. universe. Turns out Ray ha- or uh, turns out uh, Rose has the force too. Yeah, <laughs> I want to watch half the audience in that theater of me just explode up their own asshole. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a probably naive, optimistic part of me that like hopes this is some sort of turning point. It's probably not, but like. When Daisy really got ran off the internet, hardly anyone blinked an eye like a year and a half ago or whenever that was. But now, like, I feel like there's been a, it's been a much bigger thing. There's like news stories about it, you know, and like a lot of, you know, Mark Hamill tweeted his support for Kelly Marie Tran. Ryan Johnson is finally calling bullshit on these people. I don't think that finally, like, he hasn't before, but like, he's like, 
he's not mincing too many words with some of these assholes. Um, yeah. I I hope that this is something where it's like if you're a Star Wars fan, you if you're an on all a decent person, you have to reject this sort of bullshit, you know, like and, and without any disclaimer, like I see so many comments that are like, well, I really fucking hated her character in the movie, but and it's like, no, no fucking buts. He could just say this is wrong, you know, and you want to like give your opinion yeah. of her character first. And your opinion is probably wrong anyways, too. I mean, let's let's not let's not pretend let's not hurt your feelings later on. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, if you're gonna back that up, if you're you, whatever good place you think your your disclaimer is, like let your fucking opinions about Last Jedi, Last Jedi go for a minute, and just lend your voice to all the people who are supporting Kelly Marie Tran, just to be a goddamn human being. And I don't think it's any coincidence that out of everyone in the cast, she's the one getting singled out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I. I wish that Star Wars wasn't the new fucking battleground for this like never ending culture war that we're having with insane misogynist bigots, but uh, here we are. I mean, it, and it's it's in other places too. I mean, it's not it's not healthy. It's not good. The world is a nightmare, especially with these issues. I mean, the fucking controversy with, with some people on the internet over like the Ant Man and the Wasp poster is mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. I, I Like I said, I, I hope Kelly Marie Tran has a fine role in episode nine um, and people can all go to hell if they've been giving her shit. Yeah. Just, just throw yourself in a volcano and hope that you'd be turned turn into a cyborg because you have mm-hmm. no feelings. I just... Wish I could go to an archive and just look at some of those great Kelly Tran, like uplifting social media posts. It's like the kind of presence you need oh, and, on the internet. Like just the one where she's in like the cafe listening to people talk about Star Wars and like she's recording herself. When you talk about a, an Instagram that could not be more kind of positive and uplifting. And yeah. of course, that just makes her even more of a target to these shitheads. Yeah. Um, I haven't, which is which is why we need to praise her because you know that, that's how you're going to win, yeah. By by saving the things you love. I haven't totally been following it, but I know there's some sort of controversy with the Rebel Force Radio podcast. Like I think they've been getting shittier and shittier lately. Um, they may have said some things about her recently. I'm not sure, but I know like a lot of people are pissed at them lately. Which eh, good, fuck them. Which one are they? Uh, they're just. Some Star Wars podcasts with middle-aged dudes who have a lot of complaints about the SJWs and blah, 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 you know. Mm. But they were, you know, before the resurgence of Star Wars, they were very popular. And I think I think they feel threatened now, you know, because now Star Wars is for more people than just them. I mean, it always was, but now it's just more apparent. And I just, I don't <laughs> so know. I, Sorry, I, I click over to their Twitter account and I'm seeing posts about them praising Kelly Marie Tran, but like really going to task with, and I can only guess what this is, the uh, creators attacking the fan base and inciting them. I'm assuming that's referring to Ryan Johnson, like like not mincing words with the shitheads anymore. Yeah, sorry for calling a spade a fucking spade. Yeah, this whole like Kathleen Kennedy is, failed in her job because the fan base is divided. It's like, I'm a shithead and it's your fault, basically, is the argument, you know, like. I'm sorry, like, people are being horrible, and it's all your fault because we didn't like your movie. 
Oh, and Chuck Wendick. They want to the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was I going to say that for that? Um, I can't remember. Anyway, fuck those guys. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, okay, I remember what I was going to say. I just, I don't personally really get, I mean, I, I get that some people are just like selfish assholes or whatever. I don't understand the thing where it's like, like you like something therefore you don't want anyone else to enjoy it like to me i'm like i like star wars i want more people to like star wars too and so Mm -hmm. if a character like ray can exist and bring in like new people who weren't into Star Wars before i'm like good and some people are like bad you know i i I don't want to understand those people i guess yeah I mean, I was at uh, an event in like a local park uh, on May 4 for like a Star Wars, you know, community thing. And it was awesome seeing like like little girls of all ages, like happily, proudly strutting around in their like Ray costumes, you know, like just the the confidence on their face. And it was (laughs) well deserved and it was about time. I mean, it's like when. Like I would go to the supermarket after like Wonder Woman and see like like moms and little girls both dressed up like Wonder Woman. And it's just like just building this like better future for for them where they can celebrate a kind of strength that like women aren't usually allowed mm-hmm. well it's it's i'm like talking about talking about stuff like clenched fists <laughs> it's sadly amusing that you can go to like the Forcenet forums and read the discussions there where like seemingly most of these people who surprise surprise are dudes but you're like just don't really like ray and they're just like i hope luke can somehow be alive again in episode nine Ray's not a very interesting character. And like they seem to believe that like everybody has this opinion. It's like you have no idea how many people out there like Ray's a very important character to because they're only thinking about themselves, you know? And it's mm-hmm. all they want from episode nine is for JJ Abrams to like retcon everything and say like Ray's Luke's daughter and Luke's alive again. He ignites his green lightsaber and murders everyone, you know? Which is so I boring. find her so much more interesting two movies in than I than I do in my whole life of like absorbing the Luke Skywalker character. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, and I love Luke, but like, come on. <laughs> I find her so much more interesting. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's like you guys supposedly love Star Wars, but like, I guess you weren't really paying attention that much during the movies. You, you want Luke to come and, and murder a whole bunch of people using his force powers. It's like so many of these posts are just like, I want to see Luke be powerful. And it's like, what movie did you watch? Did you, did you see the return of the Jedi? Did you see how he throws his lightsaber away at the end? Like, and how that was like his big heroic moment. Okay. I guess not. Well, because he, first of all, he recognized where that kind of power goes. Mm-hmm. He's, <laughs> It's like these people who like they're they're so like talkative about how much they hate the prequels. Yeah, like I kind of think they were rooting for Anakin. Like I think crazy. they are. Yeah, I, it's like a fundamental disconnect with the sort of philosophy that Star Wars has always been pushing. Like there's a there's a there's a contingent of fans out there who like when Padme has to say, "Please stop looking at me like that. It's making me uncomfortable." They were like, "That's my boy, Anakin." do you know there there are still people out there who are convinced that uh they're still going to get some sort of retcon reveal that like ray's parents were actually somebody jesus christ what do they want more like uh, if they had to vote on the stupid bullshit that they want do they want that do they want luke alive again or do they want like fucking snoke 
Well, they want Snoke to be Plagueis and all this. I don't know. And it's it's so weird to me how you can go read these forums and seemingly these people want the whole movie to be backstory and explanation. It's like they're really not interested in what comes next. It's all about what happened before. And I don't get that personally. I'm like, who the fuck cares about who Snoke is? You know, like I never cared who the Emperor was. Yeah. I am just so like titillated about like of all the many, many places you could go after last Jedi, like how do you effectively close this loop between Ray and Kylo Ren? There's a part of it. That... So it's so not like the mold, you know, of, yeah. of star Wars as we know it. So as far. it, as it should be. This is, yeah. I mean, I think you had trilogies. If, uh, you know, if you're trying to tie everything together, a trilogy, one chronologically is about somebody falling to the dark side. Trilogy mm-hmm. number two is about, you know, the hero hero bringing that person back and trilogy three seemingly would be about some sort of synthesis between the two, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I think I, earlier on Twitter, I said, there's a part of me that really is tempted to like, try to write a star spec script. It'd probably be a massive waste of time. I don't know if I could really pull it off, but like the, the writing, opportunities and obstacles are really interesting to me of like where you could go in an episode nine. I still think they should do an episode 10 and an episode 11 or maybe at least a 10, but we'll see. I would fucking love it. If like, if somehow they like hid it from the audience and so like nobody knew till they went to see the movie that like they realized there's going to be an episode 10. Hmm. Well, like Adam driver said, if he had his druthers, there wouldn't have even been trailers for last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Just a poster. That would be kind of amazing for episode nine. Like, I think a lot of people are probably in in a vibe of like, maybe it's a good thing that we have like a year and a half to episode nine now. Like, it's time for the the hype to build again, you know? Yeah. And hopefully for some people to just pull that stick out of their ass about The Last Jedi. It's like, okay, you didn't like it. Fucking get over it. I mean... If I could have my way with the choices they've made so far, it would be to have not what's his name, Chris Terrio, not to have him, but yeah. like to have had some kind of like co-screenwriting thing between Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams. I mm. think that would be very interesting. I I think J.J. Abrams was absolutely the right guy to like kick off this new Star Wars in a very kinetic way, and I think he might be the right person to. Not the only person, because you could have a lot of great directors who mm-hmm. could do this, but he might be a very good person to kind of close this book. Um, I'd, I'd be, and also be very curious to hear an interview, because I think a lot of people are like thinking that he's going to come in and be these people who fucking hated him at the time. <laughs> I know. But, Ryan but Johnson they, will like, save like, us. I mean, J.J. Abrams will save us. Yeah. Yeah, like, but like hoping that like he'll just completely retcon everything Ryan Johnson did when they were like constantly putting out like fake news about how he was like being fired or like the movie, I, the classic Star Wars like fake rumor. You know, it's not the acting coach thing. It's mm-hmm. that the sixty percent of the movie was shot out of focus. Yes. I've heard that every single Star Wars movie since the prequels. Well, I think it's a it's a complete misunderstanding of J.J. Abrams. Like, if you've ever followed his career with any sort of interest at all, um you would understand that like, he's not somebody who is there to like retcon other people's ideas. Like he likes it when other people take his ideas and run in new directions. That's the kind of creative person that he is. Um, and yeah, I'm really curious to see what he does. 
I, don't know, I was listening to a podcast the other day where the dude is just like, I just, I don't know, Star Wars is for me anymore. It feels like Ryan Johnson isn't a true fan, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's this, there's this vibe that I get from a lot, not all, but a lot of the kind of people complaining about The Last Jedi where it's like, it's like the movie's some sort of personal attack to them that it's somehow like, because they didn't get their kind of like Luke fan service that they wanted, they feel like they're being scolded or something, you know, like the whole idea of like, Oh, it subverted my expectations because it doesn't like me. Like it's this weird kind of thing where they're taking it personally, which not hashtag, I, not all star Wars. fans. I, I think it's very telling that the, like that's the kind of reaction people have as though that they're being personally attacked by it. Like I did not feel personally attacked by rogue one. Like I kind of disagree philosophically with those type of movies, but like, I'll live, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's like people's identity is being attacked. You know, that's uh, behind the whole, like Kathleen Kennedy is like divided the fan base, you know, which by the way, they said the same thing about Obama with, uh, in terms of race relations, you know, um, it's this whole, that's, like, my, that's my point yeah. is it's the same language. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like talking to fucking Trump people. It's, it's so frustrating because it's like, there's no way to have a, an honest conversation. It's because one of you is trying to be, I don't know, intellectually fair and honest, and the other is not. Is well, it's like these these motherfuckers all turn into goddamn Ted Cruz all of a sudden with their like, oh, to be very topical. Sorry if you're listening to this like three months from now, but mm-hmm. like Ted Cruz and his 18 seconds of yeah, uh, they're just hitting all the greatest hits from Twitter in the last few days. I really am. Sorry. I'm a sponge for this nonsense. But like the uh like the you know, the guy who led the attack that Obama is just like stealing our democracy by pardoning some people. How dare he use the fucking powers of his his presidency, but Trump is okay. The guy who called his father a murderer and insulted the looks of his wife. Uh yeah, I mean I I have we've joked at it at times, we've been very serious about times about how we really hate Star Wars fans. I've never felt it more viscerally than I, I have in like the last a certain week. a certain kind of Star Wars fan. Yeah. And it's I don't know. The I'm not it saying that it comes out because they went after of all the all the people associated with the new Star Wars, I feel like they went after the best of us. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm not saying that they're all MAGA wearing Trump supporters, but it sure seems like they share a way of processing information, let's say that. Um, it's, it's hard to have an honest conversation with a lot of these people. And, and I, and I kind of feel like were I tasked to like give like a critique of the last Jedi and like kind of focus on the negatives, I could do a better job than most of these assholes because I'm not emotionally invested in it. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't feel personally attacked by the last Jedi, so I can kind of very clinically say, here's where there are issues with the movie. And, you know, as a fan of the movie, I'm okay with them because I kind of understand the choices that were made, but. I don't know. It's it gets so emotional with a lot of these people, and it's very frustrating. <laughs> I feel like if I had to guess, these people like the only the only storyline that they really identified with in the movie was the post storyline. But they they don't though because they're just like this fucking bullshit. Holdo should have told them the plan, and like they mm-hmm. they fail to grasp the essential idea there of like Poe can be wrong. You know, it's not an attack on your your masculinity as like a fundamental part of you. Like like Poe can be wrong and it's 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 not saying like all men are horrible or anything, you know. Oh, but also, you know, shocker, fellas, a woman can be in a position of power over you and that is okay. 
and go watch the movie again. They have two scenes before he starts calling her a traitor. When was she supposed to tell him? I mean, you could you could make the argument that Holdo, as a leader, knowing that Poe, you know, is obviously prone to rebellion because he's in the fucking resistance, like she should have kept a closer eye on him. Like you can you can say that she had you know failures of her own there, but that's all kind of part of the movie is that it's about failure, you know, like. Well, like I uh, and I watched. Um, I think Lessons from the Screenplay had a an episode on Last Jedi very recently. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because the guy basically broke it down to there's two like very prominent story threads to him. And it's it's the Ray and Kylo Ren stuff. And then there's the Finn and uh, like Rose stuff. And he manages to talk about how he felt that the Finn and Rose stuff was less interesting in a way that was very like much about the story. intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was much more about like the, the trepidation of Finn's character. His motivations aren't really concrete and it doesn't like sparkle in the same way, you know, but I, I watched it and I was like, you know, I kind of agree with what he's saying, but like, that's why Rose is such an important and interesting character. Her perspective is so valuable. And so again, topical, you know, and he started talking about how, of course the Ray and Kylo Ren stuff is important because it is about, you know, letting the past die and like it's time to start defining the future um fucking star wars fans anyway yeah i just i'm very curious how 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 you would close this loop in an episode nine or like can it can it end in a very open-ended way but what do you what do you want to see from episode nine Let me think about that for a second. Because um, I, I, I find it interesting. A lot of times when I look online, I see people talking about episode nine. They're usually not talking in terms of story. It's usually like, I want to see this kind of planet or I need this kind of lightsaber battle or, you know, like I need this kind of space oh. battle, stuff like that. You know, it's all kind of very kind of aesthetic uh, ideas. Other, it, that's all secondary to me with the exception of maybe, maybe, maybe because I'm a nerd, the lightsaber stuff. Mm hmm. I mean, it is uh-huh. it is an interesting factor of a Star Wars movie is that if you if you were to set out and say, OK, I will write a new Star Wars movie, you kind of have to have that in your mind, at least a little bit. You have to know like a Star Wars is a big blockbuster action movie and kind of like a, a more thoughtful, introspective movie at the same time. And so you have to think, well, what would my set pieces be? You know, but I, I don't think that's the only thing you should think about. No, no. Um I mean, to me, like if you were to sit down and start really mapping out all this stuff, I think you first have to get at the core of what you want to do with the Kylo Ren Ray relationship. Like what what is the end for these two characters, whether that's based off of each other or not? Like they are your main characters. They are the most valuable like storylines. Um I wouldn't mind seeing Mark Hamill again as a force ghost because I like Mark Hamill and because um, you still have access to him. Yeah. But uh, even though he's not the character that I would want the most, you just you don't have access to Princess Leia anymore. Um, I don't want to see her like <laughs> literally force ghosted into a CGI character. Um, but I almost don't feel like we need anything from Luke anymore. Well, I think it's implied in The Last Jedi that he could have one more conversation at least with Kylo Ren. Like there yeah. is a little bit unresolved between them. Um, I mean, what if and what if he just appears to Kylo Ren and not even to Ray? He could, yeah, he certainly could. 
Um, and I, I, I don't know. It makes me think of the Force Awakens, where like I know a lot of people are very upset that they never got their their big three together scene. You know, Luke, Leia, and Han. And mm-hmm. I understand that from a certain perspective, it's like it's a new movie. Let's put it put a little box here that we need to check off that we have these three together. But when you start to plot it out, it sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Like I'm I'm sure before they even started thinking about plot, that was probably something that J.J. Abrams and Michael Arndt and Lawrence Kasdan thought they would get to. And then it just turned out that they didn't. And that's just well, how it went. You know, I saw one of those people who was like screaming at the top of their lungs that their critique of Last Jedi wasn't based on, you know, the, the things it was based on. And the guy was so angry about um the the two movies turning Han into a deadbeat dad, and I I don't think that's remotely accurate. I think the Han the tragedy of the Han and Leia and Ben Solo storyline is so real because Han is not the guy who's the Force guy. You know, he's not the Jedi guy. He's the guy who will never fully understand this stuff. Like he'll never under- mm-hmm. fully understand why his son is different. It's just what can he what can he do best? So sending him off to an academy with like his best friend you know, and, and his brother-in-law makes sense to him. And then to have the son run away or disappear, I mean, that's got to hurt. Because especially, it's an interesting detail I thought of when watching Solo, is, isn't is the, the biggest tragedy, like, especially as, as adults become parents, that you don't want to become your own parents, mm-hmm. but then you do? Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't think Tan was a deadbeat dad, and obviously they haven't completely fleshed out that part of the story yet in, in, in like, books and comics and whatnot. But, like, if you're just going on, just look at the original trilogy. What makes you think Han would be a good dad? You know, like, yeah. I think you kind of hope that, like, uh, maybe he'd, like, show you around working on the ship. And that'd be kind of cool, kind of the equivalent of, like, playing catch or whatever. But, like, it's not inconceivable that if he had a very, you know, force-sensitive child that he wouldn't know how to relate to that kid on some level here's here's how han and han expresses the positive aspects of parenting in very small minute ways and it's kind of things like hey kid here's a blaster mm-hmm. do you want to come maybe join the crew with, with chewy and i hand me the hydra spanner yeah which i know has to sound weird because i'm an old man and chewy's like 300 <laughs> over there <laughs> yeah well, I mean, it's really Chewie just wants another person to play like intergalactic space chess with him. I've been lurking a little more on the four cent forums lately. Like I just had to take a break from them for several months, but I've kind of been peeking at them occasionally lately. And there's like this undercurrent thread of like, we need more of Kylo's backstory in episode nine to explain why he fell. And I wouldn't be opposed to that necessarily, but I kind of feel like I understand implicitly why he did already. Like if, if everyone looks at you like you're a loaded weapon, that might go off and like they're insanely fearful that you could turn dark is doesn't that become a self-fulfilling prophecy at some point mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. with uh, a snoke out there who's been i don't know contacting you via the force and kind of uh, manipulating you and some of these some of these very very shitty star wars fans who complain about all these things don't let's not front they grew up listening to bullshit like eminem and it's like it's all right there, man. <laughs> it's like to, that shitty thing that you tell me I am. I'm going to become that in, in like in like threefold. Yeah, to me, it, it, it. I don't really have to. I, I mean, maybe I'm just uh, creating my own headcanon, but I don't feel like I have to like go very far to understand where Kylo Ren is probably coming from. And I'm not saying that he's like justified in his actions or anything, but like you kind of see the the tragedy of that. How like the 
the worst fear would be realized because it was the worst fear type of thing. You know, like they didn't know what to do with this kid. He's super powerful. He's very emotional. They're scared of him. He picks up on that fear and it only kind of feeds back into itself. And, you know, it just, it builds and builds until it explodes when he thinks Luke's trying to kill him. Yeah. I mean, I think to me, like if I was, and this is like a slow process for me, but like if I was mapping out these characters to me, Kylo Ren's, thing would be he's now at the top of the first order and he's going to do the anakin thing where he's going to go and try to make the universe into his image what his version of like what is just and right and true mm -hmm. which you know is not going to be kind it's not going to be about shades of gray and i think the 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 burden of the ray character here is she shouldn't be beholden to like being responsible for his redemption yet at the same time she sadly is the only person who can really see, you know, mm -hmm. where his his situation for real. Like she's the only person who can really understand it because, like, that could have been her. Well, I'm I'm really curious to see what to do with her in episode nine because they set her up as the new savior, the last Jedi, um, the, you know, the first of the next Jedi. Like, what is she going to be like? Like, I'm to me, I'm really liking it. This may seem like a, just an aesthetic choice, but I feel like it's going to say a lot about her character. Like, what's her outfit going to look like in episode nine? Because I feel like that's going to say quite a lot about where she is as a character. Is it going to yeah. be the fucking Jedi bathrobes, or is it going to be a little more Luke in Return of the Jedi? I can't see it being like the all black. Probably not, but I would not be surprised if it was not the white and brown yeah because i mean the the gray obviously fits the the story that that you could go both ways in last jedi um i read um i was reading some real stupid stuff on reddit but there was one thing i liked here which is that uh at mm -hmm. some point or other when kylo encounters ray what his first line should be this is a pretty good idea mm -hmm. here let me see if i can do my color invoice you changed your hair. <laughs> that would be a nice callback. Yes, it would. <laughs> I really want... An... Which is... which? Can I just say, like, I am still blown away by the fresh fucking air that is just how absurd the uh, Poe general hugs like conversation is at the top of Last Jedi. Like I would have never thought that they would have started a Star Wars movie I, with that incredible levity. I just <laughs> wish it was from Poe's perspective. I understand like it's fun to see Donald Gleason choose scenery, but I feel like if it was on Poe's side, it would feel a little more like the, you know, we're all fine here. How are you type of moment? And we would yeah. have understood that he was stalling. Um, I don't know. That's that's my only note for you, Ryan Johnson. Um, well, that's that's kind of the difference between the Poe character and yeah. Han character is that Poe actually has a, a sardonic way per se. Yeah, but he has more assuredness in himself than Han does. Mm -hmm. You know, like Han is like kind of just throwing himself in the situations, and like he's he's the guy who just shrugs, like you know, like what what would I do? You know, like whatever. Um, and he's just like improvising a lot. Whereas Poe, Poe is a bro who like really believes in himself for good or for, for bad. And for bad is like the whole dumb stuff. Like I was kind of thinking when I was talking earlier about like the three plot lines, the last Jedi, 
I feel like they just they have to compress that. Like you have to either make Poe into like a backup role or he's just like hanging out with Finn. Like you can't you can't give them each their own separate plot line. I think it's just too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I don't see how at some point you don't have a splinter off where Ray goes off and does a thing and you have like Finn and Poe and potentially Rose together, like doing some other thing, you know? Well, I mean, think about, so the original Star Wars, there's basically one storyline in that movie, like interludes mm-hmm. of the empire, but one storyline in return of Jedi, you have two storylines, or I mean, sorry, in empire strikes back, you have two storylines. And then in return of the Jedi, it's one storyline until the third act, essentially when it like breaks mm-hmm. off into three like action set pieces, you know? And, mm-hmm. The Last Jedi, I mean, it's just, it's so packed. Like, I feel like you've just got to compress that for this next movie in some way or other. Like, where Poe takes a step back and he's more just a leadership character, or he's just paired up with somebody else the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would love, I mean, the movie will start in media ray and some kind of big action sequence, because that's J.J. Abrams. Um I would love to see the movie start with these characters. I would think spread out like throughout the galaxy doing the work of rebuilding the resistance or doing whatever the resistance is doing. And then I would love to see them come together a la like you just said, return of the Jedi for like a second act and like just have all these characters in one spaceship or one location doing something. And then it's going to have, I feel like I have to splinter off again at the end. Um, See, I would start off with I what I what I, my vision, you know, very, very poorly formed would be like, you got to get Ray either in the Falcon or in an X-Wing cockpit, like as some sort of mission where they're all together, you know, mm-hmm. like start off that way. And, and then you then you build your two two storylines from there, but no more than two, I think. I would love to see. Ray and Chewie piloting the Falcon, maybe Finn manning one of the guns, and you got Poe over in one of his X-Wings. Or would mm-hmm. he, though? I mean, is, is yeah, Poe... That's the question, is, yeah. Is that the point after Last Jedi, is that he's been groomed for a leadership role? I would... I mean, I could see him just being on the bridge. I wouldn't hate if he was in X-Wing. I don't know. It would be interesting to see what J.J. does with that, like how far he commits to that. Because, I mean, it's... Presumably, there's going to be some kind of time jump. We don't know how long, but probably, like... It probably won't be the next day, you know? And right. so it's like, what is going to be the new status quo? I mean, just at the end of the movie, <laughs> as they're all like catching their breath from the wreckage or whatever big thing. And they're just like, whew, big week. Yeah. <laughs> this was a really intense week. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My my hope as always, and this is cheesy and dumb, but uh, I want it anyway. I For whatever reason, I don't care how they contrive it. I really want them to have to like attend some sort of event in formal wear. I just think that would be fun. Like I kind of wish that when Ray and Finn, they're not Ray and Finn, uh, Rose and Finn had gone to Canto Bite that they'd had to like, I don't know, like mug some people and take their clothes or something, you know, so they could be dressed up fancy. Like, I don't know. I feel like that always works. The only thing that I felt was missing from the briefing sequence in last Jedi, like after Leia has been hospitalized and you have all like the military people together 
is I really wanted the scene where uh, uh, the chick who like introduces Hodo for some reason, like I wanted her to refer to every single other person in the room as commander or general. <laughs> we'll see. Hodo is vice as, admiral, right? Yeah. Because as a as pointed out, I fucking love that in Return of the Jedi, where everyone's a fucking general. I mean, I feel like it's you could almost put in ink that uh, Poe's going to be General Poe or General Dameron in the next one. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's part of Starfire Command, so that would make him a general, not a captain or or admiral or whatever. Well, although I'm also all okay with him taking orders from uh, like Billy Lord. I think he outranks her though. She's an ensign, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she. I can't remember. Kato what about Miles? What is she? About who? Miles. Miles from Lost. Oh, he is was he somewhere. He was like a fucking general or something. I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, I would. Like, if they just brought that guy back and they're just like, oh, yeah, he survived, I'd be, okay, that's fine. Well, like, what if what if JJ posts, like, a tweet or something where he's just, like, very cryptic and he's like, I think a lot of fans are going to be pleased. You know, it's a big deal. We've talked about it, but we are going to bring a character back from the dead. And people can, like, start speculation engine. And he's <laughs> just, just like, bitches, Admiral Akbar. Hmm. <laughs> I was going to say Admiral Akbar. Yeah. Akbar's fucking back dead. Yeah. Connix is lieutenant. Is, Sorry. is that, uh, is that Calling Wing? Is that, um. Yeah. Yeah, um, okay, yeah, can't think of her name right now. Jessica. Yeah, I don't need Porkins Jr. to come back. Snap. He probably will. Snap. Yeah, of course he will. But yeah, Connix would be probably like a commander at this point. You know, moving forward. I hope she's in the movie. I really do. I I I feel like it's just like spiritually correct to have Billy Lord in the movies. I remember correctly. She has the first line of Last Jedi, right? The second line. The other guy says, like, we're not going to make it or something. And she says something. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think episode nine could be very interesting based on what they want to do with the characters. Um, I, I wouldn't hate it if the, Kylo Ren was just the villain and that was it. You know, I mean, there's plenty of room for storytelling there, but I feel like it's more interesting if you go beyond a simple villain archetype for him. Especially with Hux, like, clearly one of the stage think, two. Yeah, and, and that might very well be, like, a very interesting plot thread to pull on, mm-hmm. is you do have this dissension in the First Order. I mean, I do like, I think you had brought it up, I do kind of like the idea of Kylo Ren as essentially this, like, walking warhead. Like, he is this meltdown in process. And if, like, the story is just about, like, ultimately Rey being there as this candle finally burns out, you know, and she's just kind and, like, just lets him... Well, the, fade away or you know the smoke go out or whatever the funny speculation i've seen a lot of lately is people saying that like what if he's actually a good leader because his mom was leia <laughs> like he picks some shit up over the years <laughs> it's like much of the frustration of the the rebellion he's actually good at I what mean, he does can you, can you picture this fucker just like standing over someone's shoulder and being you don't have a lot of confidence in your own decisions you got to <laughs> believe in yourself we're gonna talk about your next performance evaluation yeah, I'm doing those. I mean, Leia was his mother. He must have picked up something from her. Well, I'll say this though: I, I don't think 
there was like a crew aboard every resistance starship solely devoted to like cleaning up after her tantrums. <laughs> uh, yeah, Hux, um, you really, you need to lighten up, you know, if you just keep uh, ordering more purges and assassinations, you're just going to foment the rebellion. I think if we, uh, we just focused on building the economy, we could really win people to our side. Have you thought about like investing in an infrastructure and like re-educating your workforce? The rebellion's just like the motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be interesting if we actually get a political ideology from him. I guess. Yeah. I mean, he he would seem to somewhat subscribe to Anakin's ideology of like making the galaxy better through order, you know, but we haven't really heard that much from him on that subject. Like he probably, he will probably see himself as a benevolent dictator. I would imagine making the decisions that other people can't or something like that. I don't think I need to prepare for this meeting of North Korea. In fact, uh, I think I'm very prepared as it is. So yeah, I I think I'm prepared to say that Kylo Ren, even as he's presented in the force awakens, would be a better ruler than Donald Trump. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Did you have, did you happen to see there's like a Lindsay Ellis video on the ideology of the Force Order? Did you watch that? Unlike other people, I know all the lyrics to the Imperial March. So <laughs> there. <laughs> but yeah, did you happen that- to see that Lindsay Ellis video? No. It was I don't know, it's an interesting well composed video. I feel like I just kind of disagree with her in some things. I feel like she was kind of like missing a very large part of the ideology of the first order was that like, it's basically like Nazis who fled to Argentina, like trying to restore the former glory of the third Reich or whatever, you know, like a large part of the first order Mm -hmm. to me is it's like these people perhaps misguided or not, or okay, obviously misguided from our perspective, but even maybe even misguided from their (laughs) perspective of like just wanting to restore the the glory. Yeah. Both sides had heroes. Uh, wanting to restore the glory of the empire without maybe not entirely understanding what the empire is even about. Like, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I'm not like, Hmm, I wonder what the ideology of the first order is. I feel like I kind of just understand it as a yeah. bunch, especially in this day and age where people are much more sympathetic than they should be to like Nazi ideology, you know, like, like mm-hmm. it's like they're fascist, you know, they, well, they think they feel threatened by the see... current state of the galaxy. They think they're it used to be better in the old days. I don't want to see like Kylo Ren like like chatting it up with like the Star Wars version of like Roger Stone and Julian Assange. <laughs> but yeah, I think you know what they're what they're about because these guys are all about like military parades and jackboots and I wonder what Kylo's outfit is going to be like in episode nine. I kind of wonder if he's going to go back to some variation of the helmet for a little while. I could see, I could see it like, like yes and no on that, you know, like it would make sense in some regards and and not in others. I mean, the the main problem with the helmet is you want to be able to see his face. Obviously you want to be able to see the acting. Mm hmm. You like uh, driving right now, or something? What's going on in the background? I don't know. My my laptop's getting hot. Oh. It's doing stuff. It's humming noises. Yeah, it's really really got a hum going. All right. Well, um, perhaps we should wrap up soon. Any other thoughts? 
No, Star Wars is good despite the attitudes of people on the internet. And you don't need to look any further from proof of how positive Star Wars can be and how wonderful it can be than just the very fucking gift that is the existence of Kelly Marie Tran every fucking moment. I agree. In summary. Well, I don't know when we'll be back next. I suppose the next time we have a hankering to just nerd out about Star Wars. We'll see when that will be. I mean, I don't think that, I think maybe in the next month or two, they'll start production for episode nine. I think they're kind of getting close to that, but I don't know. Still had waiting for those first, like really fake leaks, you know, where as soon as like one detail comes out, then you get a bunch of fake leaks that incorporate that detail into their fake uh, script. Well, how, how long can these people keep up the uh, pseudo love fest for J.J. Abrams, like before they turn on him pre-movie? Now, there are a bunch of people who are just like, they're just angry and piss and whatever, and Star Wars is dead, and Kathleen Kennedy ruined it, and all that, blah, 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 you know? Mm. Oh. Well. And not just not just Kelly Marie but like the, uh, like the director in the Jedi, like documentary is really good, and it's a it's a really positive like uh, depiction, I think, of just the making of a Star Wars movie. Um, well, and it's it's somewhat warts and all. Like it's way more than we got for the Force Awakens, as far as kind of like the tension and you know, kind of like differing opinions on set. And mm-hmm. it's it's a shame that people have kind of like weaponized that, like by like pointing to like Mark Hamill's comments. You know, he's even said mm-hmm. it himself. Like he wishes he hadn't been that forthright because people are just using it to attack other people. Um, but it's mm-hmm. a, it's a really interesting look just at the creative process there. Um, I don't know how you could watch that and and feel personally attacked by Ryan Johnson, but I guess if you have a certain kind of complex, maybe you would. I have this uh, like the other day. I had this like strong desire, and I haven't yet to go back and rewatch like Brick. Oh, I could watch it again. I kind of just want to watch the Last Jedi again now. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. May the Force be with you. Always. Shh.